Oh Lord, we just welcome your presence that has been so predominant this morning, Lord. Oh God, we are unworthy to be in your holy place with you, yet you welcome us. You have redeemed us. You have poured out all your blessings upon us, Lord. And we thank you and we know that you're always there as long as we seek you. As we seek you, Lord, and not the idols of the world, you will be there for us. Amen and amen. Good morning, everybody. I see some new faces. It's very nice to see you this morning. We're glad you took the time to come and be with us. We appreciate that. Remember, September 17th is our 15th year celebration. Moving forward. Amen. Always moving forward. Amen. You know, the, the armor of God had nothing covering your back. Because we don't go backwards. And you people that know me know I do not go backwards. On anything. Something to learn, something to do. If you have a tithe, if you have an offering, the offering box is over there. We certainly do appreciate the gifts brought into the storehouse this morning. What an awesome, awesome presence in this place there. Amen. Amen. There's some real anointed people sitting out in the congregation. We're going to talk this morning about we must seek the Lord. Amen. First Chronicles 22.19 says, now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord, your God. Devote your heart and soul. Now some of us that have been in, in business before know what it means to devote ourselves to, to a cause because if you're if you were in sales, you were devoting everything you had to making that next commission, that next bonus, that next whatever. So you know what it means to devote. If you can remember young love when you're in high school and that first romance, you try to devote yourself entirely to someone else. I mean, in my day, it was the man, the boy, and the girl wore the same shirts. I mean, it was, you know, looking back, it was stupid. <laughs> but, you know, you buy, it's, it was just a thing in those days. I'm talking pretty far back. That was to show who belongs to who. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't afford rings. But here we are in Chronicles. It was written, devote your heart. Vote your heart. That's a lot of effort when you think about it. God's not just saying, you know, call on me when you need me. He says, if you want to find me, you got to devote yourself Amen. to seeking me. Amen. You're all familiar with Jeremiah 29, 13, where it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
So God seems to have a way of knowing whether you're really, truly seeking him or you're just looking for him for something. You know, because there are still so many Christians out there that have the uh, sugar daddy belief in God. They think God's their sugar daddy. And they're praying all the time, give me this, give me that. God doesn't want that. He wants you to seek him. Lord, come. He welcomes us, but we have to go after him. In 1 Chronicles 28, it says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him wholeheartedly with devotion and a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire, every thought. If you will seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. The words of David to his son Solomon. I mean, that's quite remarkable. But we all know God knows our every thought. He knows everything we're thinking. Thoughts we haven't even had yet. He knows we're going to have them. So we can't really get away with anything. So if we don't devote a pure heart, we're really not going to seek the presence of God in a way that you should, in the way that you should know him. Psalm 105 says, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Well, God has got me over some very challenging times. He's got me through a lot of stuff in my life. And I'm not going to go into the details, but all the way through, God was always there with me. And I had to seek his face. There was a time when I just threw down and said, I surrender all. I surrender all. Whatever you want me to do. And it was hard because God wants you to do things that are totally against the flesh. But he wants your obedience. He wants you to trust him. Daniel looks at it this way, Daniel 9, verse 3. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy and fasting with sackcloth and ashes. I mean, David was, or, uh, Daniel was really going after God. He was struggling. This is just a part of Daniel's prayer. And I prayed to the Lord my God, and made a confession and said, O oh Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed inequity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither 
have we heeded your servants or your prophets who spoke your name to our kings and princesses, to our fathers and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to shame of face is to us. So Daniel's, you know, getting into it, he's admitting what he's wrong. Saying, Lord, you know, forgive me here. You know, we, we did something. But he's still crying out, I would say, with a devoted heart. I would say his pleas are right. In Exodus 3, 33. And then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place. You and the people that I brought up out of Egypt, go into the land I promised and an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give you its descendants. I will send angels before you and drive out the Canaanites and the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hobbites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. Thank God we don't have the condition right now we're in a new covenant. Because I can look out at this audience. There may not be some of you here, including myself sometimes. Then it goes on, he says, when the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn. And no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you are stiff-necked people. And if you were to go with your even moment, I might destroy you. He's calling them stiff-necked people. How many times can he say that to us today? We're stiff-necked. We're hard-headed. We're self-centered. Now take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you, he says. So the Israelites stripped off all their ornaments at Mount Horeb. So he's deciding what to do with them. But, you know, entering God's presence requires repentance. And a lot of people misinterpret repentance as saying, I'm sorry. That's not repentance. It's close. It's a beginning, but it's not repentance. Repentance is a true change of mind, a true change of heart towards sin, resulting in the person turning away from that sin and seeking to honor God. That's repentance. The Old Testament prophets, I mean, they cried out to repent, repent. Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's the way to get to heaven. It's the way to have that relationship. Psalm 24, verse 3. Who may ascend to the mountain of the 
Who may stand in this holy place? The one who has clean hands, a pure heart, and who does not trust in the idols or swear by a false god. This morning you really experience a presence. There is an atmosphere and a presence of God in this house. And it's because everybody's got one focus. You're all focused on God. Amen. Now you may be turning away a little bit. You may not like what I'm saying. I may be a little boring to you. So you're starting to drift. And this is what the Lord says. He knows. I mean, after all, he created us and he created everything around us. So he's going to know that. Back to Exodus 33. Now Moses used to take a tent and he pitched it just outside the camp some distance away. He called the thing the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meetings outside the camp. And whenever Moses went into the tent, all the people stood at the entrance of their own tents, watching Moses until he entered. And as Moses entered the tent, a pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. How beautiful is that? I mean, wouldn't we love a cloud sitting at our door? And the Lord just comes in and speaks to us. This is holy ground. This is his place. In Hebrews 10, it tells us, under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before an altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sin. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. Then he sat down in a place of honor at God's right hand. For by that no one offering he ever forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Through Christ's offering, one time, paid a price for everybody. People that aren't even here. People that don't even know about Jesus. He paid the price for their sins. He paid a price for the sins you committed yesterday. He paid a price for the sins you're going to commit tomorrow. Jesus is victorious. He has led us down a path and a way in a direction to really get to know him. I mean, he wants to sit down and have a coffee with you. Sit at the table, have your coffee, open your Bible, and just invite Jesus in. Amen. You will see. You will see. You will get to meet him. You will hear, you will feel him in your heart. You may even hear his words. Second Timothy says, 
For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as the ransom for all people. It just amazes me that this God sent his son to pay a sacrifice for every single one of them. When you think about it, you know, it would be one thing. He had hundreds or millions of kids. He could just send them all. Some for this people, some for those. But he had one to pay the price for all sin. And we're all covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. We're covered by the blood. We plead the blood. Amen. We pray over the blood. It's the blood that runs through our veins right now. comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. Moses said to the Lord, Exodus 33, you have been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. And Moses says, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, he says, this is a nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and give you rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. What else distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Amen. I don't want to go anywhere God doesn't go with me. Amen. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go to the grocery store, I don't want to go anywhere without the presence of the Lord following me around, being right there with me. His presence is a vital part of my life. I trust in him in all ways. Then Moses said, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name in the Lord's presence, we will have mercy. All those will have mercy. All those will have compassion. And all those will be compassionate. God's saying, hey, you want me, you seek me, you find me, and then the blessings are going to get poured out. You want compassion, I'll give you compassion. You want mercy, I'll give you mercy. You want healing, I'll give you healing. You want to be raised up? I'll raise you up. God's saying, all you got to do is seek my face. Look for me. Psalm 34. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Do you remember that day? 
when God took your fears away? Those who looked at him are radiant. Their faces have never been covered with shame. Look at that. Is that how you walk down the street? Is your face unveiled? You walk into a place and people know you, you're of God, that there's something just different about you. You have that little bit of swagger that's not worldly. That they see something in you. Hallelujah. I know so many people like that. Amos 5. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. That's quite a statement. I mean, Old Testament days. Seek me and live. If you don't seek me, you're going to die. I mean, that's what that means. Psalm 16, David. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are the pleasures forevermore. I mean, you can see why David's being called a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he understands what it is to seek God. He understands what it is to to cry out and humble himself and throw his heart to the Lord. Acts 3.19 Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, aren't those great days? Do you remember the first day you got saved? Do you remember that peace that came upon you? That you just felt like a new creation? You just felt like a new beginning? That's what he says. You're going to be a new creation. And you felt it at that time. Has it become that commonplace in your life where it just exists? You should feel it every morning. God, thank you I'm alive. I mean, I used to tell people, they call me, How's you, how are you? I'd say, hey, every day above ground's a good day. Amen. But, you know, I thank God for everything he's done, everything he's doing. I thank God for every one of you that are in this church. Jude wrote, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his holy glory with exceeding joy. What is he saying? Here you are. You can be presented to God. You're walking into the presence of the Lord and he's just so excited to see you. He's so excited to be with you. This is what he created you for. The fellowship with him. Psalm 10. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. 
We all know people like that. They're just too busy for God. Just too busy. They may tell you, I believe in God. They may tell you they're a Christian. But you look at some of the reports that are out there. It's frightening what the culture calls Christianity. What people call themselves Christian and what they believe in. They don't believe in the same things we did when we were brought up as Christians. No, no, no. They believe in they believe in eighty percent of Christian or eighty percent of Americans claim to be Christian. Out of them, there is a thirty percent of them believe that no matter what your religion is, you're going to heaven. Thirty percent of people who claim to be Christians say. Anybody's gone. The Muslims, the Hindus, the Buddhists, they're all gone. The New Agers, everybody's gone. Everybody's going to heaven. Some people are in for a shock. Romans 3, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. That's scary. That's scary. There's such a used to be such a moral fiber in this country. There used to be such a moral fiber in this church. Jerry Jerry Falwell used to have a program. Uh, this is when I was a kid, so this is back in 1950, 55, 60, early 60s. But he, there was the moral majority. And he was on the radio every day with his with radio program about the moral majority. You don't know him, you know Liberty University was Jerry Falwell and his son. And there there and all of a sudden gone. Radio program, moral majority. You're talking about Now you can't even get close to them. Isaiah 55 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Now I'm thinking of that and I look at that phrase and it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. That that means, does that mean there's going to come a time where you're not going to be able to find him? Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. This is the God we seek. We're all short of his glory, but yet he wants each and every one of us come to him. Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now he's gone on beyond that. And he's given us these words in Luke 10, 19. 
Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and all the power over the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you by any means. If you're a child of God, you have the authority, you have the power, it's given to you right there. And in the commission, go out and make disciples of all nations. And I will be with you to the end of the age. Amen? Amen. Let's stand.